Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Are you enjoying the Single Tracks podcast? Well, we could use your support. The small but dedicated Single Tracks team works hard to share the mountain bike information that inspires epic adventures through this podcast, our worldwide database of trail maps and photos, and daily news and reviews on the website. So consider becoming a monthly, annual, or lifetime pro supporter and enjoy ad-free browsing on the website, free single track stickers in the mail, and discounts on merch for as little as $3 per month. Go to singletracks.com support to sign up and to find out other ways you can help support our mission. That's singletracks.com support. Thank you and happy trails. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Matt Martinez. Matt is the executive director of Dream Bikes, a nonprofit organization that strategically places used bicycle stores in low to moderate income neighborhoods to provide hands on paid job training to teens. Dream Bikes operates two bike shops in Wisconsin. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Hey, thank you very much, Jeff, for having me. So tell us how Dream Bikes got started. Oh, let me see. So Dream Bikes was um, a brainchild of a couple employees of the Track Bicycle um, Corporation. Huh. And as, as as many of you guys know, Track is a, a Wisconsin company. Mm-hmm. And so started here in Madison back in 2008, I believe, was when the organization started. And we had a small location on the west side of Madison. And that that was, I think that was our humble beginnings. Yeah. Well, what was the idea behind it? Like, was there kind of a need that Trek saw or that the community saw and kind of approached Trek and said, hey, can you guys make this happen? Like, what was kind of the, the mission? So so we had we had a good partnership with the Boys and Girls Club. And I think the idea was that, I mean, then just as it is now, how we wanted to see more kids on bikes and we wanted to get that opportunity for, for kids underserved kids that might not have the opportunities that some some others do to ride a quality bicycle Mm. and so that was kind of the idea and then that morphed into being a opportunity for us to look into the community and see if we could create jobs Mm. yeah so how does the the teen job training program work what does your typical participant look like so I, th- I would I would say that the typical person is is we like to say that our mission is is serving underserved kids in the neighborhood really, and and so it really we really rely on our community and so we 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 go to schools we we work with the boys and girls club and we work with kids that you know are of that teen age so it's fourteen to about twenty is the age range that we usually hit. And um, we work on finding kids that it's kind of going to be their first opportunity as as having some sort of employment, mm-hmm. getting them into the bike industry. And we work 
oftentimes it's just like a normal job for these kids. So they can come in and work. They can come in and apply just like any other job. But we also have we also have internships. And those internships are through partnerships with certain organizations in the area. And do the, the teens get paid? They do. In both cases, they do. Um, we do have actually what's pretty what's worked out pretty awesome is we have a lot of kids that uh, nowadays with high schoolers they oftentimes have a volunteer or a community service aspect of graduation requirements and so we will have volunteers come into our shop that way. The cool thing about that too is after they've satisfied those requirements, they often enjoy the work so much that they become employees. But we do have a couple different types. We have like a normal employment where we get kids from various places, but then we also have internships that will come specifically from an organization. Um, And then they have requirements within our workspace, just like any other, um, with goals for learning bike mechanics, kind of to show us how well they're learning and um, our expectations we have for sales, customer service, and so on. Yeah. Is it a pretty structured program in terms of like the training? Like, is it kind of step by step or is it more of like an apprentice program where the kids show up and they just kind of shadow someone until they kind of get the hang of it and feel confident that they can do the task themselves? I would say it's kind of a hybrid of both because we do, they definitely come in and we, I wouldn't say we're as formal as, as having a super tight structure, but we definitely have benchmarks that we want the kids to attain and so to reach those goals. And so they definitely come in and they, they end up shadowing one or two people, but it ends up being kind of from the, the ground up learning how to work on a bike. And so we do have our weekly, even hourly, hourly, weekly, monthly benchmarks that that we'd like them to accomplish. Yeah. Do most of them come in with like an interest in bikes initially or are some of them just like, I'm just looking for a job and this, this is something that's available. You know what? I wouldn't say necessarily that they do. Hmm. I, I think there are some kids that we have that definitely have an interest in bicycles, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are just coming in to work, to work and to learn a new trade. And yeah. they, they see Dream bikes is a cool opportunity. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Is there a lot of demand for bike mechanics? Like, is this, is this a, a trade? Like you said, like, you know, being an electrician or a plumber or those kinds of things. Um, I think now more than ever, I think 2020 as, as you know, has saw a huge bike boom. And I mean, the industry's never been so busy. And so we, we, we we're the type that work in transportation. And so we have been, we, we were deemed essential. Okay. And so it showed bike shops across the country mm-hmm. how increase in, in bike riding, how it was. Yeah. Bike shops across the country saw huge increases in sales, service, and it, that showed us that bike mechanics were a very specific skill set that were in need. How does the pay for like a professional bike mechanic, how does that compare to other jobs, especially the jobs that are available kind of in the communities where you operate? I'd say it pays pretty well 
compared to the jobs I had when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like to start our kids above, well above minimum wage. Okay. And and one of the big things that I expect from my managers is is for them to do timely evaluations of their employees, and and part of that process is giving periodic raises. Mm-hmm. And so I believe it pays pretty well. And once you're a seasoned mechanic and and you know, you know, a lot of our kids, actually, I can tell you a story. My manager, my manager, my Madison store, he was, he started off as a volunteer when he was like 13 years old. Wow. And he, he definitely started working his way through our program. And he was definitely part of, he was one of the, that group that was very interested in, in bikes from not just as a job, but he was a cyclist as a little kid. And so he progressed and went through the program. Eventually he ended up being one of the scholarship recipients that that we have through our scholarship program. And he took some training and and now he's my manager. And he's I mean, he's a twenty two year old kid that's amazing at what he does. I call him a kid, but this young adult that <laughs> That has become such an amazing contributing adult. It's, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned bikes as transportation, and big part of what you do at Dream Bikes is sell donated bikes that have been refurbished by some of your mechanics. So, what kind of impact does access to affordable bikes have on communities? Are, are you seeing them being used for transportation, or are people using them? Uh, just for recreation or or what kind of impact does that have, you know, making bikes affordable for people? I think that's, I think that's a, a, that's a great question actually. So we have, I think there's a certain group of people that use it for transportation and they use it for transportation year round a lot of the times. And then there's that other group that, that are just recreation they like going out on road rides with their friends on the weekends. And then and then there's I think there's also a third group that kind of is just getting into it. And especially in the past year, there's been a ton of people getting back into it. Having access to affordable bikes is something we're constantly working on. Um, as we have adopted the mission of just getting more kids on bikes as well as just getting more butts on bikes. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I think is, is super important about our program is that we offer affordable bike shop quality bikes. Um, and so, you know, an affordable bike is it's easy enough to get, but you're also talking about going to your local Walmart and buying a bike that is, is super low quality, People just don't see how cheaply made those bikes are. And oftentimes as well, if those bikes are properly put together, people come to find out that the materials that they're made of are so poor that that they just break or rust out within a short period of time. We're talking like months. Mm. So having access to affordable bike shop quality bikes has been super important for to show to show people how fun bike riding can be. Um, I know as a kid, I definitely had those cheaper bikes. And when, when you actually invest the money into buying a bike shop quality bike, mm-hmm. 
and it doesn't break down on you and you don't have rust problems and you don't have things breaking, it makes a huge impact and it makes the, the, the riding just so much more pleasant. And so now we were able to offer that type of bike at an affordable price. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point that if the bike is not good, people are going to get frustrated and they're going to give up. And, you know, I imagine too, a lot of the bikes that you get in for donations and then ultimately turn around and resell, a lot of those are probably kids' bikes too. And, you know, we tend to think as adults, think about like, you know, other adults riding, but for kids, a bike is like a huge deal, you know, like it gives them, you know, the ability to, to be social and hang out with friends and, and feel independence and all those things that I think a lot of us experienced as kids. And yeah, it seems like making that available to a wider audience, uh, can have a huge impact. So that's, that's really cool. So it sounds like you're seeing increased demand for bikes during the pandemic, uh, like most bike shops. So, um, how, how has that impacted though your training programs? Are you able to, um, have new students come in and, and new employees and that sort of thing? And are you even able to get enough employees? You know what, this, this past year, I would say, so the demand is insane right now. And the issue that we're having is with the pandemic specifically was, was working around being safe in the shop and getting kids in there. Because at the, at the time that it happened this past year, we definitely wanted to keep the kids safe. And so we weren't allowing them but come in, to come back into the shop for a while. And so that was an issue. Um, but luckily, you know, we were, we were able to pay the kids oh, wow. when, when they weren't in the shop. And, you know, it wasn't a lot, but being able to give them some money while they were out of the shop and, and having to um, social distance and, and kind of quarantine back, especially back in the beginning of the pandemic, because they were so unsure and so uncertain of how things were. And so I, I'm trying to think of when we brought them back into the shop. It probably wasn't until late April or early May that we invited them back into the shop. And then we just had policies and procedures to to keep them in. As far as kind of the demand for more employees, I'm I'm kind of at that process where we're at the time of year where we're not busy, but we're also very busy because it's a very different kind of busy because we're not selling a ton of bikes, but we have several hundred bikes that we need to get through and refurbish and get ready for the season. And so... So I would say that there's definitely not as much employees out there that, that I wish there were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and partly it's, it's due to many factors, but a lot of it being um, the craziness with, with the pandemic and school and stuff. So, yeah. Do you, uh, some of the normal quote unquote normal bike shops around town, do they, sometimes poach your employees like is that a concern because a lot of them i'm sure are really busy and could use anybody who's got a little bit of experience is, is that i mean and it sounds like i guess too maybe that's a good problem to have that you know your people in your program are getting these like stable jobs yeah i think i wouldn't say they're poaching but they're de- they definitely <laughs> they definitely ask they definitely like i had i had a manager text me yesterday 
asking me if I knew of anybody that was looking for a, a part-time position to come work with him. Yeah. And unfortunately I said, no, cause I'm looking for the same thing. And so, wow. yeah. And so there, there's, there's the demand. And so I, I think that's also feels oftentimes like it's an opportunity for some of our youth specifically to move on to something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if they have the opportunity to go work at a truck store or a, you know, one of the boutique nice bike shops, then it's, it's cool. It's a cool opportunity. I definitely, have, I've had a couple students that have come through the program that ended up working at one of the really nice boutique bike shops. And so it's cool to see that progression and to see them be able to move on. And that's kind of our hope as well for a lot of these kids. Yeah. Well, beyond providing repairs and selling bikes, how does a thriving local bike shop impact neighborhoods? So it sounds like one of your shops is in Madison and then you have another in Milwaukee. Can you describe like sort of the neighborhood where the Milwaukee store is? And like, is this an area that is had been served by a bike shop or that maybe people have alternatives to? Yeah, so there's definitely a difference. There's a big difference in the community between Madison and Milwaukee. Um, our Milwaukee store is is definitely more urban. It's it's more downtown Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. It's it's in a neighborhood that is actually now. I have a meeting with a gentleman who's really trying to increase the the um, opportunities and and kind of the structure of the Martin Luther King Drive. And so we're right in the center of Martin Luther King Drive. And it's a really cool neighborhood, um, but it's way different from our Madison store just because our Madison store is on the north side of Madison. It's kind of on the border between some some upper-class neighborhoods and some emerging neighborhoods. Yeah. And so just the cities in general as well are very different. Yeah. I imagine there are a lot of bike shops in Madison already too, for example. Like, does Madison need another bike shop compared to like Milwaukee where, I don't know. Again, I've never been to either one of the cities. So um, just trying to get a, a picture of kind of the differences. Yeah. Madison definitely has a lot of bike shops. Mm-hmm. The cool thing, the cool thing about it is that they don't have a lot of bike shops like ours, and so that's I think that's how we've been able to do a really good job in our community. And there are definitely some that have been great partners with us. And and as far as the Milwaukee store goes, there's there's less, but there are still a few bike shops in that neighborhood. Okay. And so that's, that's, that's kind of the, the breakdown of the difference between the two communities. Do, do people, you know, a lot of bike shops end up being a hub for kind of the cycling community where people just come in and hang out a lot of times, you know, much to the mechanics, uh, annoyance, right? Like people just want to come in and chat them up and talk about bikes and they're like, Hey, I'm trying to work here. But, uh, yeah. Is there like kind of a community aspect to it as well, where the shops become this hub for kind of like-minded bike people? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think in that regard, we're definitely much like a lot of other bicycle shops. We have, you know, those groups of people who are 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 wonderful customers that we see weekly, mm-hmm. and so it's become a really cool uh, partnership between them and and us. And they're really they're really great advocates for us. And of course, those people are usually the bike. They're the bike people. They're the ones that are they're the ones that are riding year round or. They're the ones that love to come to events. Mm -hmm. And so I think like you were asking, how do, how do we kind of thrive in our neighborhoods? It's, I think the cool thing that we do, and I don't know if a lot of people realize that, especially if you're, if you're not one of those community members of ours that or those customers of ours that are with us all the time, some of the coolest things that Dream Bikes does is away from the shop. We are a nonprofit full service bike shop, but we also have a mobile repair van. And on a normal year, I know last year was kind of crazy, but on a normal year, we usually have 40 to 50 community events that we attend. And so we we go to churches community centers, schools, libraries, um, and we just set up and we fix bikes mm, Wow! for free. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. We just, we, that's why, that's another opportunity for us to work with community partners to just give kids the opportunity to get their bikes fixed. Mm-hmm. And it's so heartwarming and awesome to see these kids come out in droves. Just, <laughs> they see us there and they, they're like, Oh, you're going to be here for a while. And they'll run and go get their bike. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, that's when you really see what's, what's kind of going on as far as the kids and what kind of bikes they're riding and they don't care as long as their bike works. Right. (laughs) Then, then they're so stoked to, to have us work on it. But then of course, with cheaply made bikes, they kind of get bummed out when the chain falls off or it gets rusted out or whatever. Um, So we do that. We work also with NICA which is the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. And they're the, they're the governing body that that's kind of helps out with the high school mountain bike teams. And I say high school mountain bike teams, but it's also like sixth grade up until seniors, 12th grade. But they have these mountain bike teams all across the country, and they are they've been really amazing. And especially here in Wisconsin, we've got some great teams just in Madison and and a couple in Milwaukee that we've been working with to, to get quality bikes to some of those kids that either have subpar bikes or they want to try it. They don't have a bike and they want to try it. And so we have, um, we've been trying to put together a fleet of bikes just for them to borrow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a big barrier for a lot of people getting started. You know, you may be a high school or middle school student and your friends are doing it, but yeah, to, to make that leap from not being a biker to being a biker requires, requires some money. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's no small feat just to say, take any bike and say, Hey, I want to be part of the team. But it's it's been really an awesome way of of reaching out and helping where we can, and we do we do other things with. Um, there's another organization called Try for Schools, and Try for Schools they go into the middle schools, 
at elementary schools and they work with kind of the, the they have set up a curriculum through the PE to where they're able to, during three events in the summertime, um, June, and then in September, I believe, they have a tri- like a mini triathlon for these kids. And so it's it's the first time that they actually get to kind of compete in that way. And it's it's super fun event. And we've been really cool partners with them and a lot of other organizations just trying to trying to help out wherever we can. Yeah, that's cool. Well, according to your website, Dream Bikes has refurbished and returned more than 10,000 bikes to service. Uh, is there sort of an environmental aspect to your mission as well? Is that something that, that you guys think about or, or try to try to do more of? Uh, we believe so. We so our website touts that that metric, but in in truth, that's kind of what I'm doing with our website right now is updating everything. And we we probably have closer to fifteen thousand bikes that we've gotten out in the neighborhood. Um, into the community. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're always wanting to do more and more. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that, that we haven't kind of bragged too much about is that we recycle almost everything that comes into our shop as best we can. So, you know, a lot of times we'll get bikes that we can't refurbish or, or we can't donate to someone. And so we do our best to keep 100% of those bikes out of landfills. And so we'll get those to um, recycling centers. And the only unfortunate thing here in Wisconsin, it's 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 more of a challenge to recycle tires. Yeah, I was going to ask about and, that. That's a yeah, tricky tires one. Tires is the only tricky one, but everything else we can recycle. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and so yeah, you're keeping bikes out of landfills either way. I mean, I guess for a lot of people, <laughs> seems like the the life cycle of a bike is you know. You ride it for a while and then you don't and it sits in a garage or a basement or wherever for years. And then you finally just decide, I'm going to get rid of this thing. You know, it's taking up space. And so, yeah, a lot of those would end up in landfills. And then you guys, though, are able to take it and hopefully put it back into service or if not, recycle it, which seems like that that's a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely see around here in Milwaukee, you'll see people to get rid of them they'll just put them out in the curb and and that's exactly kind of that's that's what we are all about that's that's what we are trying to take advantage of with 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 being having people be able to donate that stuff to us that's our that's our bread and butter that's what we that's what we want to help with yeah well, tell us a little bit about the Dream Bike Scholarship Program. You know, we talked initially about sort of the training that goes on in your shops, um, but this is something to allow people to get more of like a formal bike repair education. How is that different, I guess, a formal bike repair education compared to like what somebody's going to learn in a shop? Oh, sure. So so we have a couple different opportunities as far as um, – the scholarship program goes and it's pretty cool we um we offer to our graduating seniors a couple different things one is just the college scholarship program uh where our seniors are encouraged to apply and receive up to twenty five hundred dollars to help them pay in just college expenses so we're not you know we are an educational nonprofit, and so we 
definitely want kids to to pursue higher education. Yeah, any kind of education, though. We're not talking bike repair. They can just go get their bachelor's degree. Correct, correct. Like one of, one of my one of my employees is super into biking, loves it, races, does everything, but he knows that that's not what he wants to go into. He's really into IT. And so he that's that's the opportunity that he's going for and we're hoping to help him with that. And so that's that's a really cool aspect of it. But so we're able to offer that for college expenses and so on and so forth. Um, the other is our mechanic scholarship. And with that we work with track bicycles and offer a scholarship specifically for those youth that are interested in working in the industry. And that would come with um, the opportunity to attend track certified service. Okay, cool. And and then are those, I mean, I guess I never really thought about it. I, I've only thought about sort of repair jobs like in a shop situation, but I guess companies like Trek employ all types of mechanics, you know, whether it's for like a race team or even maybe they do some assembly um, or, you know, warranty repairs or all kinds of things like that. So are, are those kind of the, do you need a more formal bike repair education for those types of jobs compared to maybe working in a shop? I think a lot of, of companies, shops probably have a hybrid of both. Like there's definitely opportunities for some people to come in and be a builder, so essentially, you'll build a bike. You 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 build bikes out of boxes. Yeah, almost like an assembly line type of job. An assembly person. Yep. Actually, that can be. I, I think there's formal training on becoming just an assembly tech. Hmm. But there's there's probably various kind of levels of becoming a mechanic. But we have in in at Dream Bikes, we have bike people who are, a lot of our youth are complete novices, where all of them are. But then even our adult mechanics, um, we've got some that took some training, some didn't have any training, but had more of an educational background, which mm-hmm. worked out works out in a very different way. Um, and then we have mechanics that went to schools, Trek, Trek certified service, or other, other bike schools in, in the country. And so it's, it's really, there's, there's been quite a bit beyond the mechanic work itself though. And being able to work with your hands is super important for, for specifically for our kids. And I'd say definitely bike repair is, it's a specific trade and one that not a lot of people know about, you know, everybody can ride a bike, but being able to fix it is a difference. They're deceptively simple too. You look at a bike and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's a toy. That's a kid's thing. Must be simple, but yeah, there is so much to it. The more you get into it and the more bikes you see too, like I would have no idea what to do with a road bike, you know, set of rim brakes or (laughs) things like that. You know, yeah, there's just so much to learn. Bikes are, bikes are evolving too. So there's more and more training is necessary. And so, especially with the changes in technology in mountain bikes, but not to mention like e-bikes, like you can't just be any Joe Schmo off the street and know how to fix an e-bike. And so there's definitely training that that's going to be needed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, makes sense. Well, I'm thinking particularly about your Milwaukee uh, site because I know that Madison has a lot of good cycling infrastructure. It's a very commuter friendly town um, for biking. But in uh, Milwaukee, I'm wondering is there like a lack of infrastructure uh, within the communities where you're operating? Um, and if so, is that does that kind of limit uh, what you're able to do with your shop? Like if there aren't trails or there aren't um, safe places for people to ride, like do they do they even want to buy a bike or are they even going to get interested in bikes? Is that an issue that you're seeing there? So there's definitely a big difference between the two stores. Like you said, Madison has a really good infrastructure in the city. Milwaukee, very different. But I think Milwaukee's working on it. Um, they've definitely grown over the past several years um, compared to what they used to be. And specific to our shop, our Milwaukee store is, is like I said, it's more urban. So it, it, it needs the structure to have more bike lanes, more trails. Um, the good thing that they have worked on is, is the trails around the city. And so there is that opportunity for people who enjoy riding. But then again, you also have to think about the access, the, the equal access for, for other people, for the underserved population. And that's always an issue in Milwaukee. And so we have to reach out kind of in, in different ways. And I think we do that through events. Mm-hmm. And so we'll go to them. We'll, we've, we've met up with riders and especially like during bike week, um, well, like we'll go out to events on the trail, um, and meet with people. They, they've got a pretty cool infrastructure, like in certain parts of the area, but it's definitely different for Milwaukee. Um, and it does pose certain challenges, especially for, I would say it poses challenges for us to be able to affect the amount of people that we want to. That being said, Milwaukee has, has, has done it's at least at least currently i'm gonna start that over again that being said milwaukee is increasing their infrastructure and working on it constantly um the wisconsin bike fed has been pretty um awesome about trying to increase the opportunities there but yeah like i said there's definitely parts of the area like during over over on the lakeside and in certain areas that are way better than others. Yeah. I've noticed one thing here in Atlanta. Um, we've got a good group of volunteers with our local mountain bike club, MTB Atlanta, that have worked to get some trails built sort of in town, like closer to the urban center. Um, you know, these aren't big trails. They'll be like a one mile loop and maybe they can put a pump track in. Um, but one of the challenges in my mind anyway, is that, you know, these guys are working to get these trails built, um, which is great, and it's a great resource. But then I wonder if the people in the community where these trails are being built, you know, do they have bikes even to start with? And it seems like a natural kind of thing to partner with these types of groups. Are you able to partner with, like, trail builders or the people who are working to get cycling infrastructure so that, you know, if they're successful – then hopefully, you know, you guys can follow in and, and make sure that people have bikes or vice versa. You're giving people bikes and then 
there's nowhere for them to ride. So, so you're able to partner with them or is there opportunity to do that sort of thing? Um, there are, there's, there's quite a few organizations that work on, work on, I would say bike advocacy. And so they have events and they oftentimes will contact us for that specific reason of, of getting, of getting bikes out there for people to try um, getting bikes to neighborhoods. So, so people can, take part in a, in a group ride. Um, and so that's really cool. And that's what we've been really open for. We've been open to doing more of in 20, 2019, we started our, our dream bikes fleet. Mm-hmm. And those are the bikes that I tend to loan out to people who want to try out the mountain bike teams, but also I think the initial reason that I wanted to start that fleet was just to take two events. Mm. Our Capital City Pathfinders has has a really cool thing they do during the summer is they have an obstacle course. And we're able to go take our bikes so kids can try that those out, which is really a really cool opportunity for them. Yeah. And other other similar events in Milwaukee and Madison. Definitely in Milwaukee, we're trying to increase that. Our, in Milwaukee, we're trying to increase the number of events that we do where, where we're able to loan out bikes. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems to be like a supply and demand or like a chicken and egg situation. And yeah, it sounds great if you're able to work on sort of both things at once where, you know, trails and things induce demand. People, you know, want to ride bikes, but if there's no supply there, it's kind of it's kind of not that helpful. So yeah, that's great to see it working hand in hand. So what are some ways that mountain bikers can help your organization? Uh, is it donations of, of bikes? Is it, um, helping train people to repair bikes? Is it financially? Like what are, what are some of the best ways that people can help? Oh, for sure. So I think people should visit our website, our website. And, you know, it's, it's something that is in, our website is, it's, it's, I'm trying to update it as best that I can. Um, and so it's going to get better and better and better. Um, we do accept donations through the website. Um, so people can do that. We'd love for you guys to donate to Dream Bikes. Locally, we absolutely, we take cycling gear. We take cycling parts, bike parts, bike bikes, um, anything cycling related. Um, here at our shops in Milwaukee and Madison, and those—I mean, we—that's how we—that's how we survive. Um, that's one of the the best things for us is that, like I said, it goes hand in hand with our recycling program. Is that anything anything of value that we can take off of a bike before we recycle it, we use, and so so those donations go a long way for us. Um, people can also go, you know. Talk to their um, local officials. Advocate for for bike teams and infrastructure. Um, get a bike lane started. Yeah, visiting our site is is super important. We're also going to be doing. Um, we're going to have a really big eBay presence this year. And I think the thing that kind of is is unique to Dream Bikes is that. The number of bikes that we see, we we do have a lot of kind of 
parts that you might be looking for. And so, and, and we're really well priced. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Some rare old stuff. Yeah. That, <laughs> that you can't find anywhere else, but yeah, someone brings in a dusty bike from 30 years ago and it's got that one thing that you need for, for your old bike you're trying to maintain. You know what? We get such cool donations from different places that we also have some really awesome, like you're looking for a 2000, this is just a guess, but you're looking for a 2015 front triangle for a Trek. We might have it. Hmm. We might have those chain stays. We might have those seat stays. We have a ton of forks, carbon forks. Oh, wow. um, aluminum forks we have a lot of different stuff so if you're if any of if any of the listeners out there are looking for just parts in general or if they have been for a while give us a call cool yeah and you're obviously you guys operate a couple of shops is this a model that you know other communities can adopt i mean i'm sure that that there are plenty of places where you know, there are teens in need of jobs and there's also a lack of bike shops, um, you know, with a lot of the like more mainstream, like for-profit shops, you know, closing down lately. There's kind of a, it's kind of a void there. So is this a model that others can maybe follow? And, and are you open to um, sort of franchising this out or like helping others get uh, dream bike type shops up and running? We definitely, we definitely have thought about that, and that that is something that we are we're working on. Mm. I think we're working on the the administrative side of that, just just as far as as the structure of it goes. Um, working on having all of the the, the paperwork, the the policies, the procedures mm-hmm. in in place for. Others that find this this kind of bike shop appealing, mm-hmm. um, like I said, it's it's such it's so unique. We we're a full service nonprofit bike shop, but we are very community centered. And so, I talked to a gentleman who actually was in Georgia that they they thought this would be a good fit. Um, it was very preliminary talks, but we we definitely were open to the idea of of helping others open and look into the idea of of opening a dream bikes or opening something similar to a dream bike. So absolutely, people should definitely reach out. Yeah. Well, what is sort of the greatest need that dream bikes is currently unable to meet? Like, what is what is a need that you guys see out there? particularly, you know, within the bike community that, that you're just not able to address right now for whatever reason? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, is there, is there sort of a bottleneck, I guess, that you guys are facing where you're like, oh, if we just had like more volunteers or we had more money or like, you know, we had an expert in website development. I don't know. <laughs> like what is, what's got to hear, what's your bottleneck? Oh, I think this this goes along with with you asking what what mountain bikers can do to help us. I mean, it's it's very similar. I think I think there are ways for for people to help. And I think our bottleneck sometimes can be money. We're a nonprofit organization, so we we have to make it on our own. We have to make ends meet, and so we want to offer the best service 
but of course we have a limited budget. So I think that's a bottleneck. We always, we love volunteers. Volunteers are amazing because they, they come in um, and people should not be timid or afraid to, to come in and volunteer because we, we can put you to work doing anything. Um, the website, if people want to help out with the website, I've, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to take suggestions and, and if people help out that way too. Yeah. But I think there's, I think there's challenges throughout the year in various different ways. Sometimes it can be finding more youth employees because of the impact that we want to make there. Um, having the number of bikes, I I think a lot of times, especially during the busy season, is not being able to find the right bike for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's pretty pretty good. When I think people people should definitely get those bikes out to us donate to us um so we can create that opportunity and and have those um items available for our customers yeah right on well matt thanks so much for joining us and and talking to us about dream bikes sounds like you guys are providing an amazing service on so many different ends you know from jobs to bikes for people who can't afford them, uh, to recycling. I mean, yeah, you guys are, are doing it on a number of different fronts. So thank you for what you do. And and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. Uh, Jeff, it was, it's been a pleasure. So thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. Well, you can find out more uh, about dream bikes at dream-bikes.org. That's the website for the group. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.